You're listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. Repent and believe in the gospel. We spent a lot of time during Advent and at Christmas talking about the meaning of repentance. And it has many meanings. But when we think of repentance at its core, it means to change, to change our lives. So what Jesus is saying here is change and believe in the gospel, change our lives, change the way that we think, be conformed to Jesus' image and likeness. We need to think like Jesus thought. We think about salvation. We think about love, true love, what love actually means in the sense of how God loves us and how we are called to return that love, to return that offering, uh, but also not only to him, but to those around us. And so we look at the, the thought of believing in the gospel and changing it. How do we do that? How do we do that? Because we can't do it on our own. We really can't. We need to be directed and, and guided, but how are we transformed? How are we changed? And if we're honest, we would say that we can't do it ourselves, that we really need help. And that help is the power of God. God can change us. God can change our hearts. He can change our minds. He can change the way that we act. God is the one at the core of it all. And, and that's given to each and every one of us in our baptism, right? And so we hear today the prefiguring of baptism in our, in our first reading with Noah and the power of water. You would say that it put to death the bad things and then gave life to the things that remained a new life and life of understanding in the way of God. And God promises that his intention there, his intention is not to destroy, but is to give life, to give life to us. And so from that point, when we think of salvation history, it's clear what God wants to do. He wants us to be in union with him but he knows that we can't do it on our own. And we have an affirmation of that intention in our second reading where it begins with the statement that Christ suffered for sins once. Christ suffered once, that one sacrifice. The righteous, Christ himself, for the sake of the unrighteous. That's us, that's us. That he might lead you to God. So the intention is to lead us to God, to lead us to true joy and to true peace. And then it makes the statement about this prefigured baptism and describing the story of Noah, which saves you now. It saves us now, the power of God, that grace. You know, we Catholics uh, sometimes are not prepared when some of our non-Catholic Christian brothers, you know, will ask us, have we been saved? Are you saved? And we kind of step back, right? You know, we're kind of like, well, I'm, I'm not sure. Well, if you don't know, then you haven't been saved. You know, and, and I, with the collar, when I walk around, I get that more than you guys do, believe it or not. You know, and so I've, I've, we know the right answer, right? The, the answer is, yes, we are saved, but not yet. 
In other words, the yes is that God has done everything he needs to do for our salvation. The question is, are we along for the ride? Are we doing what we need to do? And we're not going to know that until the last chapter of our life is written when we go to judgment, right? So God's done everything. We've just got to get on board. And so when, the, when I would get that, especially in Washington when I was living in D.C., you know, are you saved? Yes. Have a nice day. Bye. No engagement. I got stuff to do. But we think of our salvation, we have to remember that it is a process. Remember, even beginning with the wedding feast at Cana, that Jesus does the signs there. And, and at the end, it has this statement that says, the apostles began to believe. It didn't say that they believed, it said they began to believe. And so there's this process that moves on and we think of the power of God helping us along the way. And for us Catholics, he does that in the sacraments, the sacraments that we receive. They are promises of grace, promises of the power of God. So if you wanna know the answer to the question about are you saved, it's yes. But also when we think of how are we saved, it's not faith alone, that's another non-Catholic mantra. It's by grace alone. It's by grace alone. It's not only faith that saves us. Because we can believe, we can believe, but we can still say that I believe what God has taught us, but I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. It's not worth it in this world. I like my life. I don't want to change. So we have to have more than faith alone. That's called hope, by the way, is not only the belief, but the desire to change and making that our priority in following Christ. And then, of course, we have to have charity because you can't just believe and then want to change. You have to take concrete steps to do that, and that's called charity. So faith is what we believe, hope, what we desire, what we want to do, what we're willing to do. And then charity is acting like we have faith and hope. And we have to have them all to have the complete gospel in order to be able to move along the way. And during this Lent, that's precisely what we do is we strengthen our faith we strengthen that desire to, to follow God and to make that a priority in our lives. We stop and we begin to move forward with how we ourselves are actually following Christ. Maybe we've backslid a little bit. Maybe we did things before that were very fruitful and we just kind of let them wane throughout the year, but we focus on that hope and then we do things that we fulfill in that faith and hope. Sometimes it's getting rid of sin. Sometimes it's developing virtue. It may be all sorts of things. That's what the almsgiving part is, how to love neighbor, how to love God. Our discipline with God is our prayer life where it needs to be. And so as we enter this season, we focus on, on these things and we make sure that we ourselves take advantage of the beautiful gifts of the sacraments, particularly 
that God has given to us. So we look at our gospel reading today and Jesus needed the same things we did in his human nature. Remember Jesus has a human nature and a divine nature. So he's out in the desert. He's not eating. He's hungry just as we would be. I'm sure he's hot. I'm sure he's tired. I don't think they have a Howard Johnson's out in the desert, you know? It's not an easy place to be. And then the angels ministered to him. He needed ministry in his human nature. And you know, sometimes when we think of the sacraments, we call the Eucharist the bread of angels. The bread of angels, why is that? The angels are there ministering to him. We think of it in that sense because angels are in union with God. They're spiritual creatures but they are in union with God. They're being fed by the Spirit of God. And so when we think of the Eucharist, we are being fed by the Spirit of God, being fed by Him in our journey to Him as we move through the desert. Whether it's the desert of Lent, which is 40 days, or we think of the desert of a lifetime, which is what we consider the Israelites, their 40 years. But we are fed by God, by His power to change, to repent. Not just be sorry, but to change. And that change, by the way, helps us so much at judgment. That's in scripture and other places too. Just remember what? Love covers a multitude of sins, right? And also bringing someone back from their waywardness covers a multitude of sins. Loving a neighbor, that's what true love is, by the way, is seeking someone's salvation, seeking their good, whether it's our spouse, whether it's our priest, whether it's our children, whether it's our neighbor in the sense of who God places into our lives. And so we begin our Lent, I think, by remembering these beautiful gifts of the sacraments that God has given to us, particularly we think of confession. You know, some people tell me I don't preach about it enough. What a beautiful sacrament, the grace of forgiveness and the grace of amendment, it's both. And I don't preach about it that often because to be perfectly blunt, you guys take advantage of it a lot. I know, I spend a lot of time in that box. You know, we're getting other priests to come in and to help to make sure that, that we can serve you. And it's beautiful to see, certainly. It's certainly beautiful to see. And maybe we'll go over the general principles of confession at some point. I usually do a couple of times a year, but but we need to continue to take advantage of that. And in the Eucharist, of course, being fed, the ministry of Christ to us here at the altar, the bread of angels of which we are given the privilege of receiving every day if we want to. And many of you during Lent come to mass every day. And this is the first Sunday of Lent, so we're still at the very beginning. You know, it's not too late. If you wanna do that, continue. We've got the 6 a.m., oh, dark 30 mass, as I like to call it, but the 12.05 too. And so many come. And if you can't go five days a week, I always say start with one. That was kind of my journey, by the way. Hey, go to mass one time. You can do that. Okay, do it one time. You say, well, you know what? I can do it too. It's amazing how the door opens when we do that. And for me, you know, in my journey through uh, to priesthood over the course of about five years, I had changed. And the only thing I could really point to was regular confession and regular reception of the Eucharist as to why I had changed. 
It was the power of God working within me. And the power of God continues to work within me and I still need to make sure that I am nourished as we all do. And so we think of the sacraments that are coming in the Eucharist particularly. There are many ways that we can, we can do this. We're celebrating our Eucharist revival this year, particularly in the parishes. We'll have the Bread of Life discourse coming up over the summer and certainly we'll talk about it then. Uh, but we also have seminars and, and workshops that are going on, different presentations. There's one this Tuesday um, and, uh, and from six to eight and, and they've been well attended. Come. Come, learn about it. Uh, if you, for those of you who are 30-ish and younger, you know, they got a QR code in the back. For those of you who are 30-ish to 60-ish, you can look it up on Facebook or the website. For those of you who are over 60, just check out the bulletin, you know? <laughs> who would have thought being a priest required knowledge in these things, right? But we also have holy hours every Wednesday, six to seven with confessions for those who can't make it during the day or on Saturday. We have adoration in our chapel 24 seven for those of you who just wanna spend some time with God. The church is open during the day. It's quiet, get away from the world, listen to God. For families, we have Stations of the Cross, have a beautiful crowd on Fridays at 5.30. I do think that families should do some Lenten activity together Stations of the Cross is great. You can get the kids fed after at the fish fry and you have all of your uh, Friday uh, penances done, you know, in one shot. But it also reminds us of what Christ did for us, that one sacrifice for all, huh? That we heard at the beginning of our second reading. And these things, these things bring us to Christ to change. But before we can change, we have to want to. We have to want to. God is not going to impose on us or force us to do anything. Because in order for someone to love, it has to be freely given. Several times in scripture, but most pronounced Jesus himself. No one takes my life from me. I give it freely. And so for us, we have to make the decision to want to believe, to want to desire, to want to change, and then to actually implement it, to put it into action. Whether it's within the family or within the community of the church or the community of our wider Lafayette area or the world. And if we don't do that, we don't reflect on where we need to change and then actually do it, we're not really moving towards the repentance that Christ is calling us to do. We're not really making a serious effort to put ourselves in a position to see how we need to get better. And even worse, the hardest part is we don't think we need to get better. We don't think we need to get better. We're fine right where we are, a very dangerous place to be spiritually. We all know that we have faults, weaknesses, and sins that need to be addressed. This is the time to look at it and to specifically ask God to help us with it by his power recognizing that we can't fix ourselves without him. Only he can do what's needed to be done for us to live in true peace and true joy in this life, bringing us to the great Easter in the next. But along the way, each year we celebrate Lent. I call Easter's yearly, our little, our little Easter's, that change that we have from one year to the next. 
the changes that we have in our human maturity as we go from child to young adult to adult to senior, the changes of our understanding that God gives to us in our experiences, both difficult and joyful. And if we continue to allow him to lead us along that way, then we have all those little Easter's add up to the great big one when it comes time for judgment. When we have love that has covered a multitude of sins where our effect in the world has been to bring Christ and hopefully to model and witness to him here so that others can know that same joy. And so let's pray for that all of us are able to, to move forward in our journey individually and for parents as a family to lead and guide your children. And let's pray that we can celebrate a little Easter, a little joy, the conversion, the change, the repentance that God calls us to because of our belief in the gospel and our willingness to give ourselves to him, a job that sounds easy, but is really at its core very difficult because most of us like ourselves. And most of us want to be who we are. And it's tough to move off maybe the comfort zone that God has us in. And so I look forward to once again walking with you guys through Lent last year. I didn't really get to do it because I was on a walker and kind of moving around. This year, I'm really looking forward to participating fully with the parish in Lent so that we can all grow closer to Christ, move forward to where he wants us to be. And in the the depths of our heart actually is where we all want to be.